Hey guys, welcome back. Um, you're listening to Every Gay Sex. This is Tara. <laughs> I'm rusty. <laughs> you scared me for a bit there. It like was like starting, and I was like, and and you were already saying hi, and it was still counting down for me, and I was like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. No. I think it's. I think yeah, we're, we're, we're recording. Okay. Check. Check. We're check, check. Tuning, tuning in. We're a little rusty. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, Sarah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, guys, we've been off a couple weeks. Thanks for your patience and um, tuning back in. Uh, we, Stella and I have been, well, I've been, okay, I've been not feeling well. I've had some I guess it's mental health concerns, I guess. Um, but basically a couple weeks ago, I, I, well, so I've always had pretty bad anxiety and a couple weeks ago it started to progress into being like more of like a panic disorder. And I started having panic attacks, like kind of like all throughout every day, all night. And long story short, I ended up in the hospital and, um, now I'm on, I'm feeling much better now. I was able to see the right doctors and, uh, get on the right medication. So I'm feeling better. It's been difficult because I recently moved from Ontario to British Columbia and I'm still not fully transferred over to the healthcare system here. So there was a lot of concern with like coverage and, um, not even really having a valid health card at the time of being at the hospital. Like it's just a whole thing. So anyways, um, I'm feeling good now, like pretty much back to normal and hoping to continue to feel even better. So yeah, so I'm feeling good. I'm ready to be back. I'm excited to be back on the mic, back talking shit with Stell. So yeah. And Stell, how are you? And Stell was also sick, um, different, different way, but yeah, yeah, fun. but it's nice right. to have you back, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, you had my worried. <laughs> I was, uh, I was texting Stella like, dude, I, I'm not gonna make it. Like, it was, yeah, it was not good. I was like, do I book a flight there? And what is it gonna do if I can't even see her? And I'm yeah. like, well, like, uh, so. you would have just been sitting here watching me like panic twenty four seven. It was like there was literally nothing anyone can do. I needed to be medicated. So, but now I am. So, and how are you feeling? Uh, good. Yeah, good. I, I've been having a lot of migraines and stuff recently. I thought it was because I'm sober, but mm-hmm. actually somebody brought up a good point the other day and was like, I hurt my shoulder a couple of weeks ago, like pretty bad at work. And, uh, I was just having like severe migraines. I didn't even realize it was like roughly around the same time. Mm-hmm. And when I hurt my shoulder, I also hurt like a really, really big nerve and muscle in my neck. And so I've been like having migraines for like three to five days in a row, like just cur- like constant. And so it's been kind of hard to do life. Well, um, as a bartender, like what the fuck? Like, yeah. And uh, I started my day job again, which was nice. It was good. Um, but, uh, and I took some time off from the bar to kind of give my shoulder a break and then go see some family and just kind of get some, just kind of be 
mm-hmm. um, before I start my day job again and get back into this like consistent routine. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. I'm feeling all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to kind of get back into routine. Things. Yeah. And so you started back at the school last yep. week. And mm-hmm. how is that? Seeing all really the kids again? Really good. Um, it's different because I'm kind of in a different area now. So like before I was working with like children on the spectrum. Um, and this year I am working with like children who some might be on the spectrum. Most of them have like just like learning disabilities and like are just like their their learning level is much lower than their actual what they should be. And like some have some things here and there, but like nothing's like seriously like the kids that I used to work with. They're not as demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more like behavioral issues and problems at home and problems at school and um, social levels are just like very low or like too high and it's like it's like it's like uh i just just a different crowd for sure but it's really nice actually i kind of feel like i'm making a little bit more of an impact i guess mm-hmm. um i got to see my old kids though which was nice and my main kid was very upset with me and will still barely look at me um oh. yeah he won't look at me. He just keeps going like this and going, no, bye. No, bye. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, come on. And he's like, no, bye. And I, yeah, but now he, like the last on Friday, he like came over and hugged me and we spent lunch together and he was a lot more like all over me, which was nice because I missed him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But it's crazy. His voice has changed. It's dropped. Like, he's so much taller now. I'm like, I feel like he's my own child <laughs> that yeah. I just watched well, grow. You, you posted something of him, and I I had mentally thought about this, and I, I don't even know if I sent it to you or if I just thought it in my own head. But anyways, I was thinking, holy shit, he looks so much older. Like, yeah. it's only been, like, three months. Well, but not, like, two months. Thought, yeah, even yeah. I thought was thinking, like, oh, my God, he looks – like a grown man all of a sudden it's crazy it's crazy yeah he's really like grown up and I'm like wow there's my dude um but it's nice it's good it's fun um I feel a lot better in this role also just because I kind of doing a lot more like I feel like just in general like I'm doing like paperwork and I'm running around all day like getting things done and I feel like I'm I'm really helping out a little bit more. And like, even the principal was kind of like, I did this strategically because I mm-hmm. would like to see a future with you here. And I was like, thanks. That's cool. So yeah. um, that's a good feeling. Yeah, that's really that's good. Because that's yeah. what you would want really like as a long-term job. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Anyways. Yeah, 100%. Anyways, cool. um, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, that, so that's where we're at. Thank you guys for your patience again. We're, um, it's always a hard decision to take a week off. Um, I think the last two weeks, well, the first week it was like, I was in the hospital. So that was like a no brainer, yeah. but, um, it is hard to, to take time off from this. So we're excited to be back and we've got a great episode planned. 
um, we came up with the idea to do, um, well, we, we thought I, we were thinking like, how can we l- like have our view, our listeners get to know us better. And so I said, let's do like a little, um, back and forth interview sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stella and I each came up with 10 questions for each other just to get to know each other. Well, to get to know each other. We know each other pretty well. Yeah, we're actually on a date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, but I mean, there are some things that I wrote for you that I don't know the answer to. So, um, uh, I, th- I think anyway. Yeah, Maybe. probably. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so this will be for us to get to know each other as well as all of our listeners to get to know us better. Yeah. So, um, so we'll start. So I'm going to start by interviewing yeah. Stell. With oh, wait, you're going to do all of them in a row? And yeah, I'll, I'll do 10. Yeah, we'll go. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Okay. So, oh, geez. I feel is, like I'm sweating now. I know. Job interview. <laughs> um, okay. Question number one. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in soulmates? And if so, do you think we could have multiple? Um, so I've had some thought. I've thought about this before and in general. Um, I feel like when I was younger, I was like 100%. There's soulmates, like blah, blah, blah. I do think that there is like a such thing as a soulmate. I don't know, but I think there could be more. Like I feel like there's certain people in my life that have done like different things for me. You know what I mean? Like have mm-hmm. just like I've loved for different reasons. And – um. And I'll kind of never forget for different reasons also. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's like different types of like connections, but I don't know about a soulmate. Like I'd like to think that maybe there's just one, but like one main soulmate for like love and like a lifetime. But there's other kind of soulmates I find for like other things. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, and I think that like sometimes we see people get married and they're together for like 20, 30 years mm-hmm. and they have their family together and that's when they grow their career together and they build a life together and then they break up like, you know, like some like people parents or friends parents mm-hmm. and stuff and they break up at like 50 years old or yeah. even a bit older and then they end up meeting somebody else and then they're in another serious relationship so it's almost like that person was there for that time for a reason but also kind of like for a season like a season of your life like building a family yeah, building yeah, yeah. Your home, building your career and then you retire and a lot a lot of people say that like when the kids are gone like the kids turn 18 they leave the house and then it's just you and that person again and a yeah. lot of the time you've grown apart in that 20 years yeah. Of raising a family and then maybe you split up and then you meet someone new and that's who you're doing your retirement life with and your like next stage of life so yeah yeah that's I don't know yeah that's how that's I feel some, some people but then there's parents that, like there are people that got that got um met or got together when they were 15 and then they are married for their entire lives and die married and that, like, that makes me believe that there's that one person for you. Yeah, no, I agree. Also, we're both from small towns. You really think, like, I don't know, I just, like, your soulmates in Timmins, Ontario, 
Like you've, <laughs> you've never gone outside of there. There's so many people to meet and places yeah. to go and like other people. So I don't know. I'm yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. So your answer is maybe yes. And would you prefer it to be one person? Like to believe that it's just one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm such a sucker for lovey-dovey stuff. So I think that, and like, you know me, I make scenarios about running into people at coffee shops and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's my soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to think there's just one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Good question. Or good answer. <laughs> good question. Uh, number two. So some of these are in depth and some of them are a little bit on the lighter side. Yeah. Number two, do you prefer morning sex or night? This is tough because sometimes at night I'm so tired Mm -hmm. and sometimes in the morning I'm really tired, but I like, I I think I'm hornier in the mornings Mm -hmm. than I am at night, but I also am huge for like in the middle of the night. Hmm. So, like, I'm, like, a wake up in the middle of the night, kind of move around, and then we get a little freaky, mm-hmm. and then we go back to bed. Yeah. So, I'm, mm-hmm. like, a middle of the night and a morning, not much of a night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that that, like, how has your sobriety impacted that? Because normally you were having sex a lot, like, under the influence, and that would have been in the evenings. Yeah. Nope. It was all during the day. <laughs> 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yeah. As soon as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah, no um, <clears throat> I'm not having much sex, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how my sobriety's impacted it. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just not getting wasted and hooking up with people, I guess. Yeah. But I wasn't really doing that in general. Like, I'm, I was never really one to go and sleep around anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think negatively. Honestly, I think it's probably better because, well, actually, you know what? I did, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was saying how, I think I'm much, obviously this makes sense, that I'm much more kinky when I'm drunk than I am sober because I don't give a shit when I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. But now that I don't drink, I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I'm like, well, you're overthinking more. Like when you're drinking, you're not thinking. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're not definitely not overthinking about, oh, how does this make me look? You yeah. know, overthinking about body or overthinking about whatever. Um, so that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the sex you're having now, if at all, <laughs> is, yeah, <I> mean. <laughs> would be more meaningful and like more of like a an intimate connection because you're all there mentally. Yeah. Yeah. But it also allows room for like <laughs> me to be able to like really get in my head about certain things. Mm-hmm. But like before, I feel like if I was drunk and I saw something that I thought wasn't hot oh my god or like whatever i'd be like ah whatever i'm drunk i don't care but now i'm like am i thinking too deeply into this am i am i overthinking all of this Mm -hmm. like is this actually a reason to be bothered or am i just being like Like you're getting getting the ick easier because you're sober (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish I could air out what I know you're talking about, but I won't. <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> you, you'd get <laughs> No, she wouldn't get cancer. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I won't do that. Oh, okay. God. Moving forward. Oh, God. Question so number three. Are you ready for a serious relationship? Uh, I thought it was. Um, it's only been a year since my breakup. And the ex before this other ex, I took me a while to get over her. Keep in mind, it was, like, really chaotic. <clears throat> But, and, like, I didn't even, like, I, like, didn't even, like, I wasn't madly in love with this other girl. But then this last ex, I was, like, obviously, I, I genuinely thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with this person. So, it's been a year, and I thought I was pretty much over her, and then I got sober, and now I feel like I'm, like, redoing this entire grieving process of, like, losing this person that I thought was going to be my life partner. So... Now, uh, like, I'm seeing things happen, and I'm, like, getting so much, so upset about it, and I'm still, like, scared in public. I'm nervous to see her. I'm, like, fucking jumpy every time I'm out in public. I can't have a good, calm time because I'm literally always looking over my shoulder. I'm stressed out to, like, run into her. Um, so, clearly, I'm not over her. Um, so, probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think that maybe making connection with somebody else would allow me to be ready for a serious relationship and get over my ex. But as of right now, like that's not the case. <laughs> well, that didn't work recently. Yeah. 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 We're uh, actually still taking it day by day, but um, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, uh, I guess they, after some reflection, they had thought they have come to the conclusion they're cool with it. With you still going yeah. through the motions. Yeah, but we're just taking it easy. No, nothing. No expectations. Just, no expectations. We're just hanging out. It's, it's so interesting that you feel like, or that you're, that you're experiencing, um, sobriety affect like feeling like a relapse on the breakup that's so interesting I bet you there's a lot of people that can relate to that that's that and it makes sense like without even diving too deep and it does make sense yeah you feel that way yeah so like I'm like crying all the time (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yeah so wait how many days sober are you right now today is three months nine days um, is it? Or tomorrow's three months. So 90 Tomorrow, days. Tomorrow's, so today's 91 days. Oh my God, we're almost at 100. Yeah. Like, that's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I get weird about it. No, but is that the longest you've ever gone? Yes. Whoa. I know Julian, not to steal your thunder, Julian, oh Julian... <laughs> Julian isn't here right with us today, but he just hit his one year mark a couple days ago. Oh my God, ago. I know. I saw and that. He quit, he quit weed and alcohol like the same, the same day. Like, yeah. yeah. I should probably quit weed, but then I'm like, what else do I have in life? <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally what's left for me. <laughs> um, 
no, no. I think, I think that that's, that's huge. It's, I know you, whenever we talk about, it, I know you get like, not like shy about it, but um, well, it's, it, that's a huge deal though. Anyway, it's, you deserve to be celebrated. So I need to you. make note of that. You said today's 91. Yeah. When's a hundred? Um, in nine days. So the 13th. Wednesday, the 13th. Uh, let's see. A hundred days is yeah. Wednesday the thirteenth. Yeah. Okay, I'm putting it in my calendar. <laughs> I know. I was like driving the other day, and I literally started crying because I thought about the thought of me saying, "Yeah, I'm six months sober," or yeah. "I'm one year sober," and it just made me emotional. I don't know. Good. That's a yeah. huge deal. Well, I've known you for like. I always say eight years. We must be closer to 10 at this point. And, yeah. oh, yeah, because we were 18 and I'm 20. Yeah, so it's been nine years. Yeah. And I've been, and this is like, yeah, alcohol has always been a pretty big part of your life. So, yeah. and now it's not. And you yeah. seem to be doing better than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Uh, even like bartenders now know me that I don't drink around the area. It's kind of nice. Like last night I went out. And, uh, oh, I feel like I look country. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so leaving last night, I went to a bar, and they were like, yeah, uh, another Corona Zero. And I was like, yeah. She's like, awesome. And she's like, I'm so pumped that you're still doing this. I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you know, like, a time frame? And I was like, I don't know, maybe permanent. Like, I feel pretty good. Like, I don't really see the point in it anymore. Like, and she's like, that's fucking awesome. Like, good for you. And, like, they just know to bring me, like, non-alcoholic beer or something Mm -hmm. are you saving so much money like yeah a disgusting amount but i actually (laughs) don't know where it is because i don't have any savings yeah yeah i must be spending it somewhere else Mm -hmm. um that's fair i am also yeah so that's funny and that's fair and and because if you're still going out they're still like buying food and like yeah yeah. beer is cheaper but it's still yeah i don't always drink alcohol beer i just kind of whatever but but yeah yeah in general mm-hmm. i'm finding other ways to spend it and i'm playing a lot of games on my phone and buying things that's for the so game embarrassing <laughs> playing farmville <laughs> actually it's called what is it called whiteout survival oh my god <laughs> she's a true gamer that's hilarious yeah well so wow. here we are well, that's exciting. And also the fact that you were able to quit drinking middle of the summer. Yeah. Like, I know, right? went to fucking, um, not Veld, what's it called? Escapade. Escapade, sober. Like, most people quit drinking in January. Not because it's New Year, New Me, but because there's nothing going on really from January, February, March, April, May. Like, that's yeah. an easy time to not be drinking because nobody's doing anything. You quit at the hardest time ever. Like, hardest time of the year but mm-hmm. probably so. i know that's what everyone says usually about it so yeah yeah it has it, it has it's it's a roller coaster for sure like some days i'm like oh it's so easy and other days i'm like i could go for a whiskey sour yeah yeah i would love a cider right now <laughs> well hopefully it'll get easier as it gets into the fall and everything's like quieter and and like, I think you've made it through the hardest part for sure, right? Well, I get, I don't know. I, I have no experience, so I shouldn't even speak like that. But because um, like you just said, one day it could be like, oh, I'll never drink again. This is easy. Love it. And then the next day yeah. it's different. So 
Yeah. So we'll see. Because I, I have a family member who made it to five years and then she started drinking again and said, like, I did the five years, which means I've, I've proved basically I've proven I can do it. So now I don't have to be sober because I've proven I can. And I was still a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely proven to be a problem for her. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Where where was that? Are you ready for a serious relationship? Okay. Question number four. Basically, end result. um, (laughs) I don't think so. I would like to be. um, I really do miss being in a relationship. I like being in a relationship. Um, But right now, I don't think I'm emotionally available. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's honest and fair. Yeah. Uh, question number four: When was the last time you cried, and why? <laughs> Ten minutes before. We Honestly, I think I like I don't know, like serious crying, like mm-hmm. um, probably Tuesday night because of yes. Yeah. Um. It was just overwhelming and stressful, and uh, it was kind of uh, ripping the Band-Aid of a last thing to hold on to, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I yeah. weeped. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think, and, and we don't even need, we don't need to ex- fully explain what happened, but watching our exes move on in in any way, or watching our exes make life changes that we had thought we would be a part of is absolutely hard. Yeah. Even sure. if you're like over them, like I see, you know, like other exes that like I'm, I'm way over, like whatever, doing big life things like getting a new house or, or like getting engaged or anything like that. And it does still, I'm like, Oh, like that, uh, that was me at one point I was mm-hmm. this person. And like, mm-hmm. that was a plan that we had together. And now they're living what we had planned with someone else. And that's, that's always going to be hard. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, that's fair. Um, okay. Question number five, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from past partners or partner? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Maybe just like, I did this with you actually, but I need to like, just like learn how to just like think before I speak sometimes and just like take a breath (laughs) Mm -hmm. before I say anything stupid. Cause I, I, I have a really bad impulse problem. Um, and it's not just with people. It's like with things I do in general too. Um, and so sometimes I have to learn to just like take a second and breathe before I react in order for me to have the reaction that I want to have instead of Mm -hmm. one that I'm going to regret later on. Mm-hmm. And so you've learned that with, would you say with the most current, like main ex or just kind of all relationships you've had? Um, it started maybe the last three, but mainly the last one for sure. The last mm-hmm. one was like the major impacting relationship that really changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just improving your communication skills and... Yeah. Yeah, just being more self-aware. Yeah, self-aware for sure is, like, the big, big thing. Like, I find, like, I was very, like, for me. And sometimes it's, like, no, you did this to yourself. Like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. not for me. Like, just fix it. Do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's all a learning experience. Like, it takes a lot to – 
like swallow your ego to say I was wrong. Like it's hard to say I was wrong. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Like that's a, that takes maturity. And I don't think we would have been even having this conversation when we were 21, 22, 23, like, cause we, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. when it's like, you're perfect and you're, you know, you know, everything. like, I think we're more humble at 27 than we were back then. So. Oh, I agree. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, question number six is a good one. Do you think a relationship can come back after cheating? Can you recover? Um, Not you, like, like just in general. I think with, I don't know. It really depends, I think, on the person you are. But I think there's a lot of like, uh, like, I think you can work on it in communicating and like just like communication is the big, big thing in this. If you really want to make it work and you have to know how to forgive and move on and move past the, the past, uh, because if you're just going to keep bringing it up, then that's not going to work at all. Um, but um, I think I want to say like, oh no, because like cheating is wrong. But I think if you really, really want to make it work, you can. But it's really, it's a really tough decision. I think because it's, I feel like it's hard because maybe you're worried how people will perceive your you moving forward with someone who cheated on you, and and mm-hmm. how you perceive yourself and what you're willing to take, and, and you know what I mean? It's a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I think what you said that stuck out to me and in my experience that was super relevant was if you're going to keep throwing it back in the other person's face, every time there's a little argument, okay, well, what about when blah, 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 like then you're mm-hmm. not over it and you're not recovering. And I don't know. I think once, like I always compare trust, this is so corny, but to like a shot, like glass. And once it's mm-hmm. shattered, like you can put pieces together but yeah. it's never going to be back to the form that it was. And even it's 20 exactly. years down the road, you'll always yeah. have a little bit of doubt. Well, I would always have a little bit of doubt that this person is honest. Like, I don't know. Once honesty and loyalty and trust are broken, like, I don't know. It's like, but imagine you had two kids in a house and mm-hmm. two cars and a cottage together. Then it's like, you know, what are we willing to do to fix this? That's hard. It's hard. It's hard for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Number seven. Have you ever been in an emotional or physically abusive relationship? Yeah. <laughs> Just leaves it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I do think so the last two relationships were pretty crazy for me. I think the first, like not this last relationship, the relationship before I was really, really bad physically. Um, and emotionally, I think too. Um, and so just in general, it was a very rough relationship. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, it brought out a lot of unhealed childhood problems. Um, but has allowed me to move forward and heal those past wounds. And the last relationship it was never physical. I do think and come to terms now that maybe it was a little bit emotional. Um, I don't think they were entirely fair to me a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. 
not to say that I I wasn't great. I mean, I was great or anything. Like I I also have tons to blame for myself for this relationship. But like, I don't think it's just one sided. And I do think like after a while of realizing things, like I do think things could have been better. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, right. at least. Yeah. Right. And I think like with the one before your last that was physically abusive, I think that it often does start emotionally abusive, mm-hmm. like, right. And maybe, yeah. and then, um, okay. And then here's a, a very good question. <laughs> like gassing myself. I'm a great, I'm thinking of some good questions to follow up here, but, um, okay. I think that there is some sort of idea that in a gay relationship with two women, that it's like less wrong to be physically abusive because it's two women. Do you know what I mean? Versus a man hitting a woman is like so wrong, of course. And anybody hitting anybody in a relationship is is obviously like hugely wrong. But I feel like some people probably think that not as like it's not it wouldn't be as bad if it was too do you know what I mean which is like terrible so I I got that I get that though because uh I remember like when I when it was going on we were all friends and seeing people and I was trying to tell people that this was happening and like pretty much like asking for help and none of them wanted to believe me and everyone was like what no not her she's so nice she's so sweet and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, I wouldn't just, like, say this because it, like, I wouldn't just make this up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have the wounds to, like, prove it. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a little while, she admitted it. And uh, a lot of people, like, came to me and was like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't believe you. Like, and a lot of people thought it was, like, just it thought it was me doing it. Because, like, I'm the mask in the relationship. Right. And it couldn't be her because she was this tall, blonde, super nice girl, um, pretty girl. And, like, how could she? She's so nice. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and so I felt like I was really failed Mm -hmm. by my friends at the time there, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And those who did help are still in my life and those who chose to ignore it aren't aren't really in my life but not because of that reason just because we've grown apart but that makes sense yeah 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 no that's that's sad and I think that's probably the case with a lot of people is that people just don't believe the other person because they think it's for attention or like that they're just angry at the other person so they're making lies up like yeah, exactly. And but I I do yeah I think that there's also like some level of people think it's a different it's different if it's two of the same gender because two gay men too I'm assuming as well like mm-hmm. they would people might think oh that's well then it's just two boys fighting but it's like when it's it's the same to me like whether any gender or however you identify any sort of physical abuse is not passable like. No, sure. That's scary. That's scary stuff. Very. Um, Okay. Um, Question number eight. Why did your last relationship end? (laughs) Um, 
I would say a mixture of things. Um, immaturity, communication, alcohol, um, like no willingness to forgive, like no, just like a incompatibility, mm-hmm. um, and just no sense of like trust in each other. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we lost that pretty towards the end. There was like a a wall that had built been built between us, and I was willing to do if anything, all the work <clears throat> to fix it. And there was like no reciprocation on her end mm-hmm. um, because she was just kind of over it. And then when she broke up with me, then she realized that she could have made an effort and I had chosen to take time. Um, but I do think it was a mixture of a lot of things. Um, and I really do. I don't like the saying that much a lot of the times, but I do say it about her a lot. And I do think when I say right person, wrong time, that's how I feel about this person. Um, but then that's a, like that's what I was saying about this person. But when I think about it, like really, really deep down sometimes, I'm like, maybe the time she's the right person. But like nowadays, like I started to think that like, I don't know, like unless like there was work done on her end, like she wouldn't be the right person anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I think deep down there was some incompatibility and that's not like, unless people want to change, then that's not going to change. And you want to change for yourself, not for another person. So yeah. like, like we tend to look back on things with rose colored glass with rose colored glasses to think that everything was so great and like what happened and I want them back. And, and we had this and cause we remember all the good times. But if you really, really sit and think about the bad times, there's a lot of truth in that about mm-hmm. incompatibility or no, that's for sure. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, question number nine, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Um, I would say I'm definitely an extrovert, but I, I, I think I'm also really much an introvert. Like, I used to just strictly be an extrovert, and it was really exhausting, and I was really tired all the time. Then when I started being an introvert as well, it really leveled me out. So I think I'm very much in the middle, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely a real term that people use. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's all about where, like, where do you best recharge your batteries? And is that like, like, I, but I, I'm, I kind of feel the same where sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. So mm. I get that. Yeah. yeah, Good to be a mix of both for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. Question number 10. What are two things that you regret? Uh I know we shouldn't like regret that it doesn't need to like, it's not, I don't know, not regret, but just maybe things that you kind of wish you could have changed. Uh, how I handled a lot of things in my last relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do regret how I handled. Yeah. Some of the things and who I was. Um, and then uh, probably giving up on sports at a young age and letting alcohol kind of consume my life. 
in college instead of furthering my my career in sports. Right. When we met, you were playing sports. Yeah. But that was, yeah. You also had long hair. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Um, no, I get that though. Like you, you chose that's hard first, second year of college where you're out of your parents' house and there's no curfew and nobody's keeping track of what you're drinking or eating or smoking. Like you you just, it's easy to totally be absorbed, especially you lived on campus where the Mm. parties were happening all the time. Like that's really hard to, to avoid. Like, yeah, it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. You could yeah. always still, I know you can't go back, but you could always still, well, I guess not with your current injuries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I carried so um, someone's dog the other day, just like from my house to the restaurant, like just like not even that far, like three blocks from my house. We went to go eat and uh, I carried her dog because he doesn't like to walk. And just from, and he's a small puppy, like a small dog, a little rat. And my back was aching. Oh my God. Just from the walk there. And then the walk back, I was like, holy fuck. I'm like, what am I going to do when I have kids? I want to be able yeah. to hold my kids. Yeah. Well, so then you I gotta, have, I like physio or like. Uh, uh, honestly, I would like to, like, I don't know, be a. Uh, What's the word? <laughs> Test dummy for like a, a whole replacement of my body. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, no, I honestly should probably do yoga. Yeah, yeah, just deep stretching and and yeah, to like be honest, body recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's easy. You could start doing that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that the interview's over. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get the job, uh, so and we won't be going back. It's it's, it actually, it's because you're gay and you're short, okay. ah. <laughs> and you have small hands. No, all of my biggest insecurities. <laughs> so, uh, don't expect a call back. Um, it's sick. We've got a lots of other people to interview for this. So, thank okay, you. Okay, cool, 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 Thanks cool, cool, for your cool. time. <laughs> Okay, you're up. Uh, okay, your turn. Hi, welcome to the job interview of your life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, you were in a long-term relationship with a man. At the time, you realized you were gay. How did you manage ending that relationship and coming out? Um, This is a good question, and... I had a couple people like in our DMS on like the every gay sex page and on my personal asking me to talk about this. Cause I think there are, I don't know. I'm seeing more and more women leaving relationships with men and coming out. Like it's not uncommon anymore. I find. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I was in a relationship on and off for five years with a man who I lived with, like built a life with moved. He moved to Canada from the US to be with me. Um, We got a dog together who is now mine dog, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I, it was like, I always tell people like it was a crazy, crazy experience to know in my heart that I was gay, but Mm -hmm. 
but to be living and building a life and be totally in love, like completely in love with a man, but knowing like, I can't fully fulfill what he deserves sexually. Cause that was really the only area of disconnect was sexually. Like as far as like the day to day, like living and live, laugh, love with this person. I, I wouldn't change that anything about that at all. Like, yeah, it was just sexually. I really started to distance myself and find myself so much more attracted to women and wanting to explore that, but like living with this partner. And, um, so I always say to people like being in a relationship with a man and knowing that I was gay, it was like the most like like inner conflict that I've ever felt like, and we broke up for that reason and then got back together because I said like, Oh, well, you know, I tried it and, and like, okay, maybe I'm just bi and like, I, we can still make this work. And like, I really want to be with you. And I did, I did really want to be with him, but then I saw him in per like, cause it was long distance and long distance is pretty easy. Cause there's no sexual part. And then seeing him in person, I was like, Oh my God, I just can't, I just can't fulfill you and yeah. you can't fulfill me because yeah. that's just like, that's just how it is. And that's, it was super unfortunate and like very much not what he wanted. Like he had planned, we, we both had planned our entire lives together. And so it was very, very difficult. But at the end of the day, I knew that it wasn't what he deserved and it wasn't what I deserved. And I just kind of had to, make the decision for myself and jump into the unknown because we get comfortable with our person and Mm. we can't imagine not doing life with them, not calling them as soon as we wake up and not, you know, planning a life together, but you have to do what's best for yourself. And that's what I did. And I'm glad I did. Like, um, I'm happy and, and I know that I made the right decision, but it just was, it was difficult because, everything else was perfect. Like, yeah. our, like everything else was exactly what I wanted and how I wanted to spend the rest of my life. And like, he was close with my family and it was just like, it was hard to make that decision, but I know that that's, what's best for him and best for myself. So that's, so I, I and if anybody here listening has experienced this or is experiencing it right now, um, reach out to me because I'm, I definitely get it. And I remember when it was happening to me, I Googled, um, I think I'm gay, but I have a boyfriend or, or something along, or like, I'm in love with a man, but I think I I'm gay. Like there was no resources available. Like there was not a single Reddit thread or even anything, nothing that was talking about how that feels. Cause I wanted to know that I wasn't alone and that like, what other people would do. And I just couldn't find anybody who was mm-hmm. relating to what I was feeling. So I like that's surprising. Yeah. Probably maybe that was a couple of years ago. Maybe there's like, cause I do feel like more people are, I don't know. Like I'm even, I personally know of like several girls who in the last year have left yeah. long-term like men or even marriages with men and been, uh, and come out. So yeah. Anyway, so it was a, yeah, it was a crazy time. Um, It was sad and uh, yeah, but it was, we just both, both he and I, you know, said this is out of our control and we have to do what's best for everyone here. So yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
All right. Number two, in your life, what has been the biggest blessing in disguise? Um, so last fall, I, or like last December, I was very comfortably living with my brother and sister-in-law in their house and, um, like renting a space in their, um, home. And I was comfortable there. I didn't like living in Ottawa, but I was like complacent. Like I was just like, whatever, this is good enough. Like my job was kind of good enough and where I was living was just kind of like good enough and whatever. Yeah. And then right before Christmas, uh, my sister-in-law sent me a text and just said like, you know, I think Nick and I, like my brother, uh, we're ready to be on our own and just like be a couple in our own home. And like, basically we like basically get out, like, but not, not in a rude way. Like maybe she listens to this. It it was not in a rude way. She just, they're ready to be on their own. And we get that as young people, you want to be with your person and have the privacy, of course. So I totally understand But at the time I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm a single person and this being a single person right now is so fucking expensive. Like, like rent is crazy. Groceries, every gas, everything, like financing a car, all these like bills and being alone. Like it's very intimidating. And so at the time when she kind of like, like kicked me out or like whatever, told me, you know, like it's time to start looking and no rush yeah, at all. I just said, yeah. time to start looking. I'm like, okay. I was like really distraught. Cause I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, am I going to sign another one year lease in a town that I don't even want to live in? Like, that's like, I don't want to do that. Like I was really, really like, I felt so fucked. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, and I've got my dog. And when I got a big dog, I did not imagine I'd be moving around as much as I did. Like I, cause I got it with, uh, Jack and uh, with plans of like buying our own house in the next couple of years. Like it just was yeah. not in my plan to be apartment to apartment, like person, partner to partner. Like it just, so I'm like, Oh, here we go. Another fucking move. Like my poor dog and poor me, I guess it was very like pity party. So the blessing in disguise was that then I decided, you know what, where have I always wanted to live out West? Let me Mm -hmm. just say like, fuck it. I'm not going to sign another lease in Ontario. I don't want to be here. I want to go out West. I started looking for apartments out here. I found one. I signed a lease. I packed up my car. Stel came and I drove across the country. And my life here is like exceptionally better. The people I've met here are like my people that I I've never felt connections like that. Well, except with you. Just kidding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I don't I I have a handful of friends in Ottawa that are like very, very like close to me and that I cherish, of course, but like my tribe is here and like where my soul connects and where I want to be is out here. So the blessing in disguise was feeling like, oh my God, I'm fucked. I just got kind of kicked out, like where I'm going to be homeless. And, but it pushed me to make the decision to just like leap of faith, move across the country with no one and just see what happens and it couldn't have gone better like it really just couldn't have been better so love that mm-hmm. love that yeah. for you yeah all right next question what is your love language and give uh like what is your love language giving slash receiving mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people i love talking about the love languages um 
I feel like people often list their five, but don't take into account that how you give and how you receive is very, like oftentimes very, very different. Like Mm -hmm. I, so I would say how I best receive love for sure is acts of service. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was dating men, I never ranked physical touch very high, which is interesting because (laughs) when now dating women, I would rank that probably second. Um, So those would be my top two, but like I'm often busy and running around and having a partner that, you know, like will help me like take my dog for a walk if I have a really busy day and I don't have time to get out or will grab um, something I need for cooking dinner on their way over or like just those little like, like put gas in your car because you, they know that you're running like just like just the small things. And it's not, it's not money stuff. It's never money stuff. It's like, Oh, I knew that you wouldn't have time to do this. So I did it on my way or like, just like just thoughtful things that take stress. Like I'm an anxious person. I'm easily stressed out. So having someone that, that takes those little things off my plate without being asked to like, that's important. And then uh, yeah, physical touch, but how I show love, I, probably acts of service as well, but also gifts. I often will buy for my partner and also just like friends and family and stuff. And I remember with Jack, he like, that's why it's so important to have these conversations because I would buy him these extravagant gifts. And of course he appreciated it, but what he wanted was quality time and yeah. physical touch. And that's why, again, so important when you're in a new relationship to identify to your partner how you receive and how you show. Because yeah. I can be in a relationship where I'm buying gifts all the time and my partner's like, oh, like, thank you. But like, they're not feeling that, that that's not how they receive love. Yeah. All they wanted was to go for a walk. They didn't need, yeah. you know, like, so yeah. So my, my, my point to listeners and whoever is, um, have that conversation because I think hearing from your partner, how they show and how they receive, how they want to receive can change a relationship because it might be, it'll, it'll just, you'll think about it when you're making decisions and, and living life with that person of how you can better show them love. So love that. Mm -hmm. I love that a lot. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's a lovely. Just are so like, I don't know. I don't think I really cared about them until the last real relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, I just a baby. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really, really important to know and communicate for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, what's an instant turn on for you? What about an instant turn off? What gives you the ick? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah. Instant turn on, like, and we're like physically, sexually. Um, yeah. Hmm, I should have thought about this one more thoroughly. Honestly, this is kind of like, this is kind of lame, but smelling good, like, I'm, nobody's looking at you. Yeah, no, I think like if my partner, if I'm on the couch and my partner comes and sits next to me and they smell really good and they're like getting close to me or whatever, like I'm down. 
for sure. I'm down. You just yeah. got to smell good, guys. That's yeah. all you need. Like, the bar's very low. <laughs> bar's like rock bottom. No, it is. No, it is. Power. Literally just general hygiene. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, instant turn off. Um, oh, shoot. Um, the ick. Oh, these are all, these are, yeah, these are very basic ones, but. I was going to say smelling bad, like the, the inverse, but, or just like, I don't know, like bad breath. Don't mm. do me. Like, you know I don't what I mean? I'm lucky. I don't think I've ever been with anyone who had bad breath. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I don't, not that I can remember. Yeah. Like I've made out with some people that maybe didn't have the best, but, uh, mm. but nothing <laughs> like day to day. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. I think it, and it's things that are important to me. Like I make sure that I smell good and that my breath is fresh all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, so those are kind of lame, but uh, they, they are pretty bare minimum. Um, mm-hmm. But also just, I guess another turn on for me is just being forward. Like I like someone that is like fairly dominant. So yeah, I'll be turned on by somebody that just, Takes initiative. initiative like walks in and just kisses me like I don't want to have to like like read the room like like we know we're interested in each other like walk in kiss me right away and like I, I find if you set the tone at the beginning like that you're gonna be more successful sexually if that's what you're looking for uh, I'm just a weenie yeah you're weenie hut juniors <laughs> uh, oh my god you are a weenie but it's better now we're good yeah it's the first, the first few times though, like what you were, what we are ref- referencing. Um, it is hard when you like are getting a read on the person and like the first time you kiss somebody that's intense. Like, especially if you've been talking for a while or whatever. So yes. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. Uh, do you, nope, wrongfully. What is the most important lesson you've learned this year? Um, yeah. And I mean, I talk a lot about moving out here and, and like starting a new life here and whatever, but a piece of advice that I was given. So, okay. So when I left Ontario, I like not, this isn't why I left. I left for my own reasons, but I had recently had a pretty serious falling out with some of my family members that I've Mm -hmm. been like super, super close with my entire life. And that's continued like that those relationships have not healed and like this weekend there was tons of like brain like you know more like fuel oh, to those fires this weekend so it was annoying but um what I I talked to somebody about it and I was like venting about you know like how shitty it feels and and like you know whatever but they this person said focus your energy on the people that are focusing their energy on you And that totally changed my perspective on it. Like, instead of sitting around like, oh, why does this person think this? And does this person think this about me and all this stuff? Like, and why does this person feel this way? And I wish I could change it. Like, fuck that. I have so many people around me in my life that love me and support me and care for me and want me around and appreciate who I am as a person. And they tell me that all the time. Why Mm -hmm. would I waste any energy on the people that like, don't appreciate me like yeah it's just it's just a waste of energy like I have enough people to 
to be okay. Like, and then that, that kind of ties into another lesson about chosen family and that blood is not like thicker than water, whatever the fucking term is. Like the people I've met here, um, have treated me better and see me in a way that I want to be seen. And I think that like, I had the opportunity to come out here and just be a completely different person. And it's not that I did that necessarily, but I am who I want to be out here. So that's a good feeling. Yeah. And it, it attracts the people that you want to attract. So 100%. anyway, the, the answer is put your energy into the people that are putting energy into you. Like why waste time doing anything else? And mm. um, the importance of chosen family for sure. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. That. Um, if you could rewind time to a certain point in your life, would you, and when would it be? Honestly, like, yeah, not really. I, I'm not like, I'm not someone that like peaked in high school, you know, like I, (laughs) thank God. But I mean, if anything, I would, I don't know. I, I did all the things and it got me to where I am now. And I'm super happy where I am now, like just day to day life right now. I wouldn't change really anything about it. So Mm. maybe I'd go back to my year in Australia and relive a couple of those things again, just were like amazing and fun. And you did that. Right. Like, like maybe I'd go back to New Zealand, like New Zealand was really fun. Like maybe I'd go back and do that two weeks again, just for like, just shit. Cause it just for shits. Cause it was so, it was right. so much fun, but I, 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 there's no like, Oh, I would go back to this year. Cause it was the best year of my life. Like I think each yeah. year mine gets better and better. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good feeling. Good feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I guess this also goes into that. Do you have any regrets? Um, not, I try, of course we try to think of it as like lessons learned, not as much yeah, yeah. Things that we regret. I do like when I think back to like the family fallouts that I just kind of mentioned, like when I think back to some of the, the reasons that it happened, of course I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because similar to you, I do react impulsively and I react on high emotion. And mm-hmm. so of course I think back to some of the conversations that led, that helped lead to the falling out of these relationships. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I, I understand how I was feeling at the time. I understand feeling upset and I, I see why I operated that way, but I wish mm. I would have taken a breath and just not said that. Like, but we're in our twenties at the same time, like we're in our twenties, like we're figuring shit out, honestly. And that's what I've tried to say to yeah. family members is like, please just give me a little bit of grace in that. Like, I'm in my twenties. I'm just figuring things out. It's hard. Like, of course I said things that I, re- that I regret or that I, I shouldn't have said, but like it's, yeah, I'm, we're out here doing our best, you know? So there's no like, yeah. head, like, okay, I regret some of my tattoos. I would say that as well. But in general, I, I try to just learn from them and move forward. Very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I totally think I read off the wrong thing. Yeah. I totally am. <laughs> Oh, wait. No, no, oh, no. That was number seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, number eight. Do you ever wish you were always with women? How does feel? How does it feel like being with a man? A man like like men first. I can't like gold star lesbians. I can't even imagine. I know that's not the we that that I know people like hate on that term. Um, <laughs> it, it, like I can't. I don't know. Growing up in a small town, it's like there's. 
I can't see how it ever could have been that I started off that like gay, you know, and I don't regret it at all. Um, I wouldn't change anything there either because I had some pretty amazing partners Mm. and I learned so much about, well, we learned so much about ourselves in each relationship and, um, we learned so much from each partner and what we want and what we don't want. And so, so no, no regrets. Um, like I wish I could have realized it without being as deep as in as I was with someone like that. Yeah. I kind of talked about that was really hard, but um, no, I, I wouldn't change that. I think I like, I can't imagine not ever having been with men. Like, cause I yeah. so many. <laughs> you loved it. You loved it. <laughs> At the time I loved it. So no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay. What has been the biggest obstacle of your life? Which I guess ties into the moving away thing, but maybe there's another one. I don't know, maybe not. Or yeah, no, no, yeah. I when I read that, I thought of something different. So I would definitely say my mom being sick. Yeah, that would be like. So my mom was diagnosed with MS the year before I was even born. So, and that's a progressive. Um, basically just progressively losing muscles in like all parts of her body. So anybody that's familiar with it understands, but just, you know, in a, like she was in a walker, had a walker and then a wheelchair and now she's in a nursing home. And so anyways, that, that's, that has shaped me a lot. Like, and Mm -hmm. especially in therapy when I'm thinking about anxiety triggers and so many of them tie back to, you know, being raised in a home with a sick parent. Like I've been a caretaker since I was like 10, like, you know, doing my own laundry and and being a parent that young. So that was, it was an opportunity to grow. It's made my brother and I both extremely independent individuals. So that's the positive. And I try to, of course, look at that, but of obviously an obstacle as well. Um, Mm -hmm, For sure. You know, like needing to, care for your parents it's just like a reverse thing that's just not how life is supposed to be like yeah, yeah. taking care of me and of course she wanted to in every way but oh I don't know um, your mom's great I love your mom yeah yeah she's a sweetheart so mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. so I think that that that's a, a, an opportunity for growth but definitely the biggest obstacle yeah that's that's a really yeah yeah good one um okay last question what is what's your biggest ick about you I read this. I'm like, what the fuck? This bitch just wants me to sit here and talk shit about myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, probably kind of similar to what we, we both are like this. Well, you're not as much. I'm way worse. And I know that because we spent two weeks in a car together. But <laughs> like, I get, I just, the impulsive emotions, like, I, that's something I, I'm like really, really trying to work on in this like next phase of my life is just like being more patient with myself, pay, more patient with other people, more patient mm. with situations. So I guess, I guess my, shut up. No, no. I mean like me too. Like I feel it too. Yeah. 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 So I think my biggest ick about myself is my lack of patience and impulse okay. control. Okay. Nice. So but I'm yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to tell you a story the next time we record because mm-hmm. there's a really – I got – I don't think I told you. On Wednesday after my first day of school, um, something was in my tire. So I went into the garage right after school, 
got up mechanic to look at it, and it just let's just say the end result ended in him locking me in the garage and me having to call police. Okay, right, right. You sent me the screenshot of the. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy. It was, yeah. I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell the the the, the people late another episode, but that's. Oh my god! That was, situ- that, that was a situation that really tested my patience. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Next episode, we'll start with that story because that is a really crazy story. I was telling people around here that story. <laughs> so ridiculous! Like, and the picture, and he's so he looks not like, like he yeah. looks like the type to lock I in know. the garage. I was like, am I in kidnapping? <laughs> right. No, I know. Am I being trafficked? <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was all fucked up. So, did I get the job or what's up? Um. I don't know. Don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah, don't call us. We'll call you. We'll see. Well, okay, sure. Giving ick. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm oh, okay. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Was it was nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, It was nice to chat. I feel like you, all, you and I also haven't had much of a chat mm-hmm. since. Yeah. This was nice to catch up. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys learned more about us. And if anybody listening, if you guys have like, we're always looking for other things to talk about, like other topics to cover, questions to answer. So if you ever think of anything else that you'd want to hear from us, please reach out to either of us or the um, Everyday Sex Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. or wherever. Um, we're always available. So yeah, for sure. Just send us a message and uh stick with us i can't wait for our next episode and we'll see you guys next week so thanks for listening we love you and thanks for coming thanks for coming